Chapter 20 Moments of Peace Vukamra, Master Kenobi. It was their customary pre-dual salute. It had grown less antagonistic of late, but Ben could still feel his core coil in defense. One could never quite tell with mind healers. And what morsel of information is on the menu today? asked the Twi'lek interrogator, Pen at the ready. Ben mulled over his running tally. They'd been playing this game for a little over a month now, and he'd been trying to find substantive, but relatively painless things to tell her. His age, Qui-Gon's death, which was hardly painless, but timely. Unfortunately, though he'd never had to consider it before, the overlap of substantive and painless in his life was astonishingly small. He told her that he'd had a grand Padawan, which had bled into a discussion of the fact that he'd only ever had one Padawan, and how that Padawan had made him the youngest master in the Order. The name Anakin was never mentioned. Vukara did not ask why Obi-Wan had taken on a Padawan when he himself was so young, which Ben was grateful for. Still, she had written a rather long note after that conversation. The following week, it had been the fact that he had been one of the inner circle of high counselors in his day. This had surprised Vukara immensely. A counselor of Jin's lineage? He'll be crushed, she'd said. Ben had replied that Qui-Gon did not know, which Vukara laughed about several times, once as Ben was walking out of the door. Then he told her that he'd been proclaimed the Master of Ceresa in his day, and that Master Drellic had roped him into teaching classes every time he was off active duty. This was partially why he'd had such success as a saber instructor recently. Well, before the censure. He'd also told Vokara that he'd beaten Mace Window in a duel once, which she had a very, very hard time believing. Unfortunately, as time marched on, the rock and the hard place between which Ben had been lounging were drawing closer and closer together, cracking his wishful thinking that this part would be an easy one to play. The last week, Ben had admitted that he'd been very close with Mace Window in his previous life, and that the master of the Order's friendship was one of the things he missed most. When he added offhand that Mace had taken up the role of mentor following Qui-Gon's death, Vokara had looked very sad. She hadn't said anything about it, but the look in her eyes made Ben feel homesick for the rest of the day. Now, here he was in her office once more, sitting in silence, mindful of a thousand things that he could tell her, and a thousand and one things that he'd rather not. Well, prompted Vukara, as patient and merciless as ever. When Ben did not immediately respond, she began inspecting her fingernails. At length, when she was satisfied with her own maintenance and tired of watching Ben's furrowed brow, she sighed, recrossed her legs, and said, "'You'll be relieved to hear that Master Pankrell came in for his last checkup yesterday. His arm is back to health, and is no worse off for your... outburst.' Ben's facial expression must have given the leverage she was fishing for. "'You're not relieved,' she said. "'It wasn't a question. Not at all.' Perhaps we could talk about that, Master Kenobi. Our arrangement was that I would tell you one fact about myself per week. Interrogation is a violation. I never said I could not ask you questions, Ben. Only that I would let you go after you had told me one thing about yourself. The only thing you've said to me today is my own name, which I hardly need reminding of, as if it were a novelty. I have not violated any part of our agreement. I'm merely trying to help you along. She smirked. Nice try, though, Counselor. 
Ben rolled his eyes. The longer he delayed a reply, the faster Vokara's smirk melted away. Is it as bad as all that? She asked, more curiosity than accusation. He was a darksider. Ben burst, tactless. Vokara's eyebrows shot up. Tact or no, Ben used the momentum to vomit up the truth before he could think better of it. He was a brash, violent defector who single-handedly killed over a thousand men, men under his command, before he himself was killed. This time, Vokara was the instigator of silence. After a long while, manicured composure now gone completely, she said, He fell? Yes. This in and of itself was a blow, but there was more. Who killed him? His own men, to protect themselves. A pause. His men? The inflection was so familiar to Ben's ears, he couldn't grasp how odd it must have sounded to Vokara. Did he... did the Jedi fight in a war, Ben? Ben had known that it would come up eventually. Now presented with the moment, he felt nothing. It had been so all-encompassing, those horrible years. Now, seeing Vukara's horrified expression, he realized he'd been desensitized to the aberration. Yes, the forty-two-year chasm between them felt wider than normal. Did you fight in that war? asked Vukara very quietly. The furrow on Ben's brow grew very deep, and though he couldn't see it, his eyes darkened with the sort of sadness no one wants to earn. Yes. A very long pause. Why was there a war? Her words were soft and caring, but he had played his part and was no longer bound to suffer her interrogations. I have set my peace for the day, Master Che, said Ben, unaware that he had slipped into his general's mask as he stood. I have other matters to attend to. He let himself out and left Vukara alone in her office to grapple with the notion of the first Jedi-led war in over a thousand years. Hesitantly, she finished her notes of the day. There was a war. The Jedi fought in it. Ben fought in it. From what he's told me of his position and reputation, I can only assume he was an important leader. She thought of his eyes, of his gratitude towards her medical expertise, to his smile and the invisible weight of the galaxy on his shoulders. It would explain a lot. As the Force would have it, Ben ran into a Lara Dawn on his flight from the Halls of Healing. Master Kenobi! She flagged him down, tissue and face split by a bright smile. Despite himself, Ben found himself grinning back as widely. Master Dan, he greeted as she jogged over to him. I'm so glad to see you. I've been looking for you for months. Really? Ben was surprised. Whatever for? To say thank you. For dragging you through the nine hells and back? She laughed. For making me stand on my own two feet. I'm going back to Herdessa tomorrow to oversee the settlement programs for the refugee, excuse me, Herdessa and Twi'lek. They requested me specifically. That's wonderful. Ben smiled, unable to express his pride in her accomplishments because he knew he'd call her the wrong name by mistake. Mistake or longing. She glowed as if sharing this news with him was the highlight of her day. Slowly, she mellowed and shuffled almost sheepishly. They... They requested you as well, actually, but I'm not allowed anywhere at present. He finished for her, nodding. She winced. I'm so sorry, Master Kenobi. He raised a hand in ownership. My mistakes are my own. The consequences are the will of the Force. 
He remembered recent meetings with Vokara, his struggles to study, his rocky progression with his Jedi family tree, and finding ways to work through the future. It's for the best. I will send them your greetings, she said. Thank you. They'll be lucky to have you. And they know it, it seems. He winked at her, and she had to fight to keep her smile understated. May the Force be with you, Alara. And with you as well, Master Kenobi. They bowed to each other and departed. Ben spent another hour wandering, hoping that he would still get to meet Ahsoka in this life. Moreover, that he would see her groan. However, before that could happen, there was a lot of work to be done. Over the course of a lifetime, be it centuries or decades, teaching and learning become a single entity. By teaching another, a Jedi learns something about themselves, their pupil, and about the Force. In this way, the Master and Padawan find themselves coexisting, not in a hierarchy, but in a symbiotic bond of ignorance and learning. Neither can exist without the other. Each receives from and gives to their counterpart in a balanced cycle upheld by the Force itself. This is not a coincidence. It is the nature of life, of existence, and of the Jedi path. In his distant youth, Ben would have read passages such as this one with a sourly look on his face, unable to believe that Qui-Gon had ever actually learned anything from him beyond the ability to concoct progressively bizarre punishments for showing cheek. But now, plunged a lifetime ahead into some altered reality where he was the master in their relationship, Ben's point of view had shifted drastically. He traced his eyes down the page to finish the passage. Therefore, may we always remember our own ignorance and humility and in boldness approach the Force for wisdom on our path. He could use a dose of wisdom right about now. Teaching his own master was the most exhilarating, awkward and unexpected turn of events in Ben's life. Even taking into consideration the debacle with Ryloth and Anakin and talking with his younger self on a daily basis, the experience of giving instructions, orders, to Qui-Gon Jinn was hands down the most surreal circumstance of his life. It was also, by virtue of why he was teaching Qui-Gon, indescribably hard. How could he explain the fear and anger that shot through him when he watched Qui-Gon let the borrowed double blade slip through the same weak Ataru guard again and again? How could he withhold the grisly details whilst trying to convey a sense of urgency? How could he try to teach someone to avoid death when he'd watched them die? Qui-Gon was not very good at Ceriso. He joked about it during their duels, arguing that he was too old to learn new tricks. Maybe it was his Spitfire personality, he'd quip. He was too rooted in the moment to wait for a future eventuality. He was too fond of spontaneity to bother about preparing for every eventuality. Even so, sometimes Ben could see it on his face. Qui-Gon had imagined the unspoken eventuality of Ben's past hundreds of times now. They did not talk about it. Ben suggested more katas and saved his size for the moments where Qui-Gon wasn't around. He didn't know it, but Qui-Gon did the same. The Force would provide a solution. I did not pack you for a philosopher. Fimor jarred Ben from his thoughts. Alone in his study alcove with an ancient volume of K. Jim Sue's writings propped up against his knees, Ben jumped at the intrusion. Force, I didn't know you were still here. Only a few more minutes, Fimor chuckled. Are you ever not reading, Ben? Ben closed his hollow book and shrugged nonchalantly. I spar as well. Ah, so I've heard. 
Is it true you've got Qui-Gon Jinn doing katas? Oh, so that was making the rounds around the temple water coolers, was it? I've not got him doing anything. What Master Jin does in the dojo is his own prerogative. And what he does, if my sources are to be believed, is hang on your every word. Fimor stepped into the small room and crossed his arms, a puzzled smile on his face. In all the years I've known him, Qui-Gon's never listened to anyone the way he listens to you, you know? He doesn't even listen to Master Yoda. He doesn't listen to anyone. Fimur tilted his head slightly, a peculiar glint in his eye that Ben had been seeing more and more often the longer they knew each other. He had yet to decipher what it meant, but it made him feel extremely uncomfortable. He thought about pointing out that Fimur hadn't known Qui-Gon all that long if their extended estrangement was anything to go by. But Ben restrained himself. That fault line had been buried too recently for him to go kicking at it for sport. He decided to save face. If you must know, I beat him in a duel. Which was true. Several times, actually. Also true. Cerisa is very effective against Ataru, and I flatter myself by saying I'm rather good at it. Huh. Femur smiled, recognizing an understatement when he saw it. Essentially, he's asked me to teach him to beat me. And you agreed? Ben shrugged, mimicking the other man's grin. I've got to have something to do besides read, haven't I? Fair enough. Sparing. Eating, too, I hope. Fimor patted his stomach ponderously. I've actually not had a chance to have dinner yet. Care to join me? Well, I am unordinately busy, as you can see. Ben gestured to a single hollow book with a deadpan expression. But I suppose I can fit it into my schedule. Ben stood and stretched before falling into step with Femur. Master Guard was not quite as tall as Qui-Gon and had to look down slightly to glance at Ben, eyebrows tilted in befuddled amusement. You're as dry a wit as your nephew, you know. Am I? Ben had always felt that he tamed his tongue somewhat as he'd grown older. Or perhaps his age had made him not care. Aye. I've been listening to him put up with Aeola all day. Fimo laughed at the thought. The best defense against a child's fickle work ethic is deadpan cynicism, it seems. Ben laughed with him. Obi-Wan may yet a master make. How are they getting on? Mm, shakily. I'm sure when Aeola's older they'll have more in common. But eleven and fifteen, they're in different worlds. His patience is a credit to Qui-Gon's teaching. Ben's shrug was made easy by the fact that Obi-Wan's tribulations were, by a narrow but critical margin, not his problem. And will build his character, he declared, like the fermented old wit that he was. And if they become friends one day, a warm, bittersweet pang of longing for the never was shot through him. They reminisce on the hardships, as a family should. Family? The word was taboo within the order, but in many ways just as normative a concept within the temple walls as without. Femur smiled. Fair enough. Obi-Wan seems a bit young to be my bond brother. Ben laughed. Fifteen and forty are different worlds, aren't they? I will have you know that I am thirty-nine, and not a day older. Ben turned and looked with animated disbelief at the streaks of grey spreading around Femur's receding hairline. Really? Femur scoffed and shook his head. Force, Ben. I hope everyone doesn't turn out as bad as you. Ben smiled around the cruel irony. There, my friend, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Ah, Mace, I didn't expect you to be back for another month, Qui-Gon greeted as his old friend took a seat across from him in the refectory.
He finished his bite and gestured to the seat where the counselor was already sitting. Please, make yourself comfortable. Mace rolled his eyes and Qui-Gon laughed. He continued to eat. How was Hosnian Prime? Well enough. Mace shrugged, assembling his bites with far more care and etiquette than Qui-Gon. The summit was as boring as one can expect. There was a senator from Naboo who filibustered for nearly six hours. Qui-Gon grimaced and May shrugged. He got his point across, at least. Made my work easier. I'm as surprised as you to be back so early. I'm sure having the master of the Jedi Order breathing down their necks does help speed things along. May shook his head and changed the subject. I hear you've been causing a stir in the dojo. He watched Qui-Gon carefully. Or rather, your new personal saber instructor is. Qui-Gon sighed. Trust Mace to get the dirt on him within one day of arriving on planet. Ben is teaching me, attempting to teach me, Sarisu. Mace was not inclined to the humor of the situation. He cut straight through the novelty to demand, Why? Because I have a weakness in that area. You've had a weakness in that area since we were children. Why now? What did he tell you? Qui-Gon eyed the man in surprise, feeling annoyed. He knew that Ben was irritated with May's suspicion of his every move, but until now he'd never encountered it firsthand. What he tells me is between myself, him, and the Force. May sighed heavily. Why does it concern you so? Why doesn't it concern you, Qui-Gon? Mace asked, voice low and serious. He is a time traveler. The fact that he's here at all is a grave occurrence. Something horrible, something fundamentally dark must have happened for the Force to work in such a way. It is completely unprecedented, and you and Master Yoda and everyone around you is treating it as if he really was just a watchman come back from his post. The fact that he's even here is reason for concern. He stabbed at his meal, etiquette lapsing. Besides that, the man is a loose cannon. He wrecks havoc in the temple and without, and even on centuries managing to make waves. With you. May spit into his lunch angrily and shook his head. He needs to talk to someone eventually. If he was brought here by the Force, he has a duty to fulfill. He cannot keep the entire Order in the dark forever. I do not believe he intends to. You know he's speaking with Master Vokara Che. Yes, May said, unconvinced. But will it be enough? Quagon could say nothing definitive on the matter, so he kept his thoughts to himself and ate in silence while May smoldered in the vapid anger across the table. By the time they had both finished eating, the counselor had cooled somewhat. I have not yet given my report to Master Yoda, May said, standing. I should go. As he picked up his dishes, a thought struck. You know, Qui-Gon, your designated leave will be up next month. Mace's expression was transformed from before, now soft and almost apologetic. Do you think he'll be ready to go back out in the field? The question caught Qui-Gon by surprise. He took a deep breath and surveyed his own emotions, tempered, latent, but there. It was not ideal, but neither was idleness. Yes, he said eventually. Mace nodded. I'll file a placement request in your name. Thank you, Mace. May the Force be with you. And also with you. I'll tell Ben you said hello. Mace pursed his lips and left without a word. I've just met with Master Chartel to discuss your final exams, Qui-Gon said as he walked in the door, not looking up from his data pad. She and I agree that you have improved a great deal since... 
Upon looking up, he found that his living room had one less apprentice in it than he'd assumed. Obi-Wan? Five and a half months of leave must have dulled his mindfulness. He sat on his pad and went around to the kitchen and then on to Obi-Wan's bedroom. Obi-Wan? He knocked softly on the doorframe. With no response, he opened the door. He scoffed. Honestly. He went into the room, free of its usual occupant, where a pair of muddy boots were laying on top of the bed covers, which had fallen to the floor. And here was ready to commend your efforts. The master scolded the air, shaking his head and snatching up the boots to toss them to the door. For a moment, he wondered if he should just toss them out altogether. The boy was fifteen and was already getting too long on the leg for his ropes. Still, whether the boots would fit a week from now was inconsequential. The apprentice would scrub them and the rest of their house until he grasped the virtue of tidiness. It would be a long exercise, Qui-Gon grumbled to himself as he picked his way back to the door. For a Jedi sworn from harboring material possessions, Obi-Wan had managed to collect a great deal of clutter. Books, clothes, data pads, practice sabers, remotes, and... Was... was that a holocron? Qui-Gon picked up the tiny cube in confusion. Only masters were allowed access to holocrons, but he had no memory of ever giving one to his padawan. Surely his memory was not so far gone. Somewhat embarrassed at the need, he opened the device to jog his fifty years of memory. It was not Qui-Gon's memory that was faulty. In fact, he could have testified to the fact that only once in his fifty years had he ever seen the contents of this particular holocron. He had never, of course, seen the commentary that came afterwards. With a swiftness that disguised the oncoming current of anger, Qui-Gon pocketed the cube and left the room, left his apartment. The advantage of Ben being under censure was that Qui-Gon always knew where he could find him. Ah, Qui-Gon, good afternoon. Ben was on his balcony with his back turned, watering his plants. They had grown large enough to take up almost the entire surface of the small porch. Come from Orcadas or tea? I was looking for my padawan. I see. Ben stood, setting aside his watering can to admire his floral friends. He's at Femors, I believe, helping Aeola prepare for her end-of-term examinations. I was looking for my padawan, Quagon repeated, voice even, and I found this. He tossed the holocron at Ben's feet. It clattered to a stop at Ben's left boot heel, and he stooped to retrieve it. Ah, he recognized in a patronizingly calm tone. You gave it to him? Yes. Qui-Gon grit his teeth against the betrayal. He had half a mind to take up a saber and show Ben a few katas right there. You have no right, he spat. Ben remained calm, careful, collected. These were things that Qui-Gon had taught him, but that he himself had perfected. No, I do not. I apologize. It... You must understand, it was a gift given with his best interest at heart. And don't try to tell me I don't have a very intimate grasp of what those are. This nugget of truth was nothing in the light of Qui-Gon's prerogative as master. He's not your apprentice, he shot back. No, he's not. He's me. He's nothing like you, Qui-Gon lied and regretted it instantly. Ben absorbed the blow as if it were nothing. I would hope not. Not in the ways it matters, at least. This is a part of that. Believe me, Master Jin, that right there, he tossed the holocron back to Qui-Gon, who caught it in one massive hand. That matters a great deal. The taller man turned the cube between his forefinger and thumb, trying to put a muzzle on his outrage. 
After a ponderous silence, he said, You know, until today, I'd only ever seen this once before in my entire life. Oh? I was an apprentice, snaking around in the archives, with Tal. Ben had to smile at the last comment, knowing that most stories from Qui-Gon's apprenticeship began similarly. We found an old holocron left at one of the senior archivist's desks. It was a very long, very dry read. But halfway through, it had this. He raised the cube and glanced up at Ben, eyes stern. I got into enormous trouble for it. I asked my master about it later that week and was told in no uncertain terms it was heresy. He made me meditate on the current code, the real code, as he called it, for three months for warrior of me succumbing to sedition. Ben couldn't help the unsurprised half that escaped his lips. Sounds like him, he grumbled. Qui-Gon frowned, anger temporarily dispelled by surprise. You've met him? There was no safe way to answer that. Yes, as much as Ben disliked the man and the Count, Darth Tyrannus had to have been a far cry from the master who had raised Qui-Gon Jinn. From a certain point of view, not exactly a lenient fellow. No, Qui-Gon set the holocron aside. But he was right. It is heresy. Hardly a first orbit around that particular star, Ben pointed out with a grin. Qui-Gon glared but said nothing. Ben watched his face, smile fading. You saw my thoughts on it, of course. Might I ask of yours, Master? Qui-Gon sighed. I agree. In theory, I agree. But I've also seen the harm it can do, Ben. The pain it can cause when carried out without immaculate care. I can't... I can't let Obi-Wan fall victim to that. They both thought of Tal and their own pains of attachment. They both said nothing. As have I, reminded Ben. I have seen it more than you can ever know, and I do not boast in that. He looked down at the floor, mind turning through the decades of encroaching darkness. But I have seen a similar pain in the new code, in the orthodoxy. I have seen men and women and children torn apart by it. It nearly killed me by the end. He looked up to see his master watching him with a sad expression. I know Obi-Wan better than anyone, Qui-Gon. Believe me, this is important. He'll need it eventually, even if the future changes. He let that sink in. Seeing no immediate resistance, he added in a lighter tone, And he'll need your support in it, it being heresy. He's a terrible stickler for rules, you know. Qui-Gon did smile a fraction at that. Yes, I know. But then, you should have told me. Yes, I should have. Ben meant it. And I'm sorry that I did not. In truth... With everything that has been happening, I forgot he had it. When did you give it to him? Ben did not have the grace to look sheepish. About two months ago? Qui-Gon closed his eyes, struggling to release his anger. At length, he asked, Why do you think he didn't tell me? Ben considered it. Because it is heresy, he said. And because he broods. Despite the tension, they could both smile at that. That is why he needs you. "'because you balance out the worst of him "'by teaching him wisdoms he'll never be able to see on his own.' "'Quagon was taken off guard by the praise, "'but Ben's face was earnest. "'I don't know if he's ever told you.' "'The elder regarded the other man "'and gave a placated nod. "'From a certain point of view?' "'The apology levied the air somewhat, "'but Quagon's anger and betrayal lingered. "'I'm sorry for my insubordination, Master,' "'Ben felt compelled to say. "'As you should be.' But he did not act alone. 
You said Obi-Wan was at Femur's apartment? Yes. I must go there, then. Excuse me. Of course. Ben was tempted to plea leniency for Obi-Wan's sake, but he bit his tongue. This particular misdeed was Obi-Wan's own burden to bear. He winced to think about the coming confrontation, but turned away. A Padawan only became a knight after many trials of self and spirit. And Ben? Qui-Gon said at the door, breaking into Ben's thoughts. Yes? If you ever advise my apprentice consult heresies behind my back, I... Qui-Gon stopped and bit back his ire. Eventually, he said in a long-suffering tone, At least tell me first. Ben bowed low. Yes, master. Qui-Gon left, and Ben went back to watering his plants. When Qui-Gon knocked at Fimo's door, the former apprentice answered almost immediately. Before Qui-Gon could open his mouth, Fimo put a finger to his lips. The visitor frowned, eyebrows begging the obvious question, but Fimo only smiled and waved his former master into the room. The apartment lights were dimmed to half-strength. The living room was covered in data pads and hollow books, some still open and projecting rotating system maps like ethereal blue mobiles. In the middle of the floor, back propped up against the edge of the sofa, was Obi-Wan Kenobi, fast asleep. In his lap, head resting on his chest, was Aeola. She hugged a hollow book to her chest. Qui-Gon felt some of his anger seep away. He bit back a chuckle upon seeing a line of drool running out of Obi-Wan's mouth. They've been studying since lunchtime, Fimo whispered. Obi-Wan must have been fairly tired. He conked out while Aeola was copying sector maps. She followed soon after, and force help me, I haven't the heart to wake them. After a moment of admiring the innocent scene, Femur led his master over to the other side of the apartment, where they could talk. What did you need? I had been looking for Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon admitted, glancing back at his apprentice. Had the boy been awake, he was sure to have gotten an earful. But now, Qui-Gon found the sharp edge of his anger dulled, his senses reminding him that this was Obi-Wan, who had not a disloyal bone in his body, who was young and foolish as he had once been. Absently, he reached into his pocket and fitted with a small holocron he'd brought as evidence. He left it alone. I suppose it can wait. Would you like some calf? Do you have tea? Femur gave him a withering look. Qui-Gon chuckled. If I must. Just a small bowl. As Femur prepared their drinks, he nodded back towards their apprentices. He's a credit to you. Aeola is a handful on the best of days. Trying to get her to sit in one place and study is a nightmare. He's done well with her. Quagon's heart warmed to hear it. Has he? It was a fight from the start, and I don't think he's been enjoying himself. But he made a major breakthrough today, something even I wouldn't have thought of. Oh? It turns out, Fima said through a smile, handing his master a ball of calf. The way to get Aeola to memorize planetary maps is to help her memorize which horrible creatures live on each one of them and make a map of those. Qui-Gon laughed, and Femur joined him as if he'd been waiting for the opportunity. That was Obi-Wan's idea? I have the illustrations to prove it. Qui-Gon laughed again. He'll make a good teacher one day. Hmm, I'd say so. Aeola adores him. Femur glanced back at them. Aeola was small for her age, curled up almost like a toddler in Obi-Wan's teenage sprawl. I wondered if it was even a good idea, the first week, even the second. They argued quite a bit, but... He turned back around to face Qui-Gon. They managed to make it work. A month later. I'm glad for the peace. Hmm. 
Qui-Gon nodded, considering again the holocron in his pocket, Obi-Wan's secrecy. It would not be a pleasant conversation. Neither would the continuing conversations with Mace. Neither would be trying to learn Sirisu, or going back out into the field, or having to buy Obi-Wan new boots. Life was full of unpleasantness. But the Force tempered life with its proper balance. Alongside hardship came moments of utter peace. A voice, as if from the Force itself, ripped him with a heresy in his pocket. Emotion, yet peace. In it, Qui-Gon did not hear heresy. He only heard balance and truth, shining as solid and real as the slumbering apprentice down the hall. I look forward to more moments like it, Qui-Gon said at length, mind far off. I and I, Fimo agreed, by the will of the Force. They finished their drinks together and put off the unpleasantness of life for one more evening.